Howdy everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Vagina Slims. For those who are new to the podcast, my name is Lauren Rose, and I run this thing every now and again. And um, first and foremost, happy Halloween. I'm so excited to be doing another Halloween-inspired podcast, because I've been doing this for a year, pretty much. And um, I think, well, I had some comments asking if I would do like another Halloween-inspired playlist, and... Um, we'll be doing some, some of that today. I'm going to be playing some scores, some of my favorite Halloween scores from films that you probably know, and, um, kind of get a little jazzy, a little speakeasy vibe going on. So, yeah, spooky. Also, I do have some episodes from last year that are, um, a bit different of a vibe. I think I did some witch house stuff and we kind of dived into Twin Peaks in other episodes. So I'll try to link them down below. I think they're the 13th or 14th episode that we did. Um, so you can get your fix that way as well. So yeah. Um, as always, thank you so much for coming back and supporting. I really, really, really appreciate it. Especially, you know, when we had that heart to heart last time. Um, I really appreciate the feedback. And I wanted to say or mention a couple comments that you guys gave me um, before we kind of jump right in today. Lydia K. from SoundCloud said, I stole the album In the Court of the Crimson King from my dad's vinyl collection years ago because I love the artwork. I started listening to it this summer and it is now in my favorites. Really glad you played it. People nowadays refer to two-year-old songs as old <laughs> and it is a shame our generation should keep those gems alive. Yeah, let's keep it alive. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, I've been listening to that that CD that I got like nonstop, the Buffalo 66 soundtrack. It's really amazing. Um, let's see. And Merck uh, on Instagram said, hey, Lauren, just wanted to say I love your podcast. I just graduated from college last May, and I find myself in a very similar similar mindset in terms of how I'm looking at life right now. It sounds selfish, but it's validating to hear someone talk about the same stuff I'm thinking about, so thank you. Also, love your taste in film slash music. Well, thank you. Seriously, thank you. I I really appreciate, you know, hearing that people are kind of think, thinking the same thing or, you know, appreciating our perspectives, and it's all a good time. So, yeah, I think we should just jump right into it, no? Um... I'm going to play a song by Al Boley, and I uh, I encourage you to, when you listen to this song, try and think of the movie that it was in, and I'm very confident that some of you guys are, are going to get it, because it's always like so haunting, and it kind of puts you um, right in the spot of this one film. So this is Al Boley with Midnight, Stars, and You. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. 
night and a rendezvous Your eyes held a message tender Saying I surrender all my love to you Midnight brought a sweet romance I know all my whole life through I'll be remembering you Whatever else I do Midnight where the stars and you Midnight, The Stars, and You. That was, um, let's see, Victor Records from 1934, I believe. And I don't know if some of you guys caught that, because it's kind of, like I said, that song that kind of just sticks in your brain and always makes you think of a certain like scene in a movie. And it was The Shining. So, Stanley Kubrick, The Shining. Actually, I don't know if I ever mentioned that, but I saw... Um, I saw The Shining recently. It was a 35 print at the Heights Theater um, in Minneapolis. And it was so cool because some of the... Like, you know, sometimes when you can see, like, scratches on the film, if, you have, if you've ever seen, like, a print or, like, something that's kind of remastered and there's stuff left over. Um, and when we were watching it, it was, like, this huge theater. It's old. I think uh, maybe it was from the 1920s, and they kind of redid it recently and brought it back to life. There's, like, an organ player... And um, some of the, the specks on the film looked like blood. Like it was kind of like a rusted red color. It was so beautiful. So, yeah. That scene too, the, the ballroom scene, ugh, it just always gets me. I think it's so beautiful and really haunting. And um, like I actually had a dream once that I, I don't know if I ever talked about it on the podcast, but it's kind of been like a reoccurring like lucid dream where I am like traveling alone in a car <laughs> in some like random area of the United States and there's like a strip mall 
and um, something like tells me to kind of go into the basement of one of these strip mall stores it's like abandoned and when I go down there it's this really weird like kind of ghostly like multiple dimension <laughs> I think this is like a melatonin dream like I really was on some other level um but yeah there were like people in wedding gowns like as if they were getting married from the 1920s and then there were just a bunch of different people from different eras and um they all were just kind of going about there was like cigarette smoke everywhere and like cocktail stuff going on and um they like didn't notice me when I was there I was just like whoa so but yeah each time like I re or have that dream again like I kind of get further and further into the place and then I get really nervous that they're gonna like find out who I am and so because I'm like taking photos too at the same time (laughs) and so I have to like get out of there and it's really intense so yeah but when I when I saw that film again because I hadn't seen it in a while when I saw it at the theater I noticed that like that ballroom scene is very like similar to my dream so I wonder if like maybe that seeped into my memory um or from my memory into my dream you know like hmm. so yeah um what is new what is good I had to talk about American Honey I don't know if any of you all have seen that film oh it's so amazing um it's by this director named Andrea Arnold and I think I saw one of her other films called Fish Tank um in the past but the film is basically about this ragtag group of kids across the United States who are basically selling magazines door to door and they're just drifters and they smoke and drink and listen to trap music and um I don't know it's just like a really passionate story and Shia LaBeouf is in it which you know I am always like rooting for (laughs) I think we all kind of like slightly are rooting for him still and um yeah it was just so beautiful like the way that it was shot and um just kind of the warmth to it and it really just it grounded you like immediately in the film like you felt as if you were part of the world and um there's like this particular scene in the beginning which I won't give away too much but it's when these two characters meet and they're uh you know locking eyes to this like Rihanna song that's playing in like Walmart or something (laughs) and it's the most beautiful like intense scene and um yeah I just love I feel like uh, the production company A24 they've been putting out like a lot of Americana films recently and that was I don't know maybe the it's like one of those films that you know I could be driving when I went to the Badlands like I saw so many of those scenes that they would shoot you know like so many locations and instances and um it just felt really refreshing to see that like on screen with a really nice um kind of plot line and uh, I just can't get over it so if any of you guys have seen it you should let me know and let me know your thoughts because it's one of like my most favorite films right now um I'm also looking forward to the film Moonlight, um, but it hasn't come out yet. I think it's coming out later this weekend, so yeah, I don't know. Like sometimes, like after the summer, I was a little bummed out because I felt like a lot of movies coming out were like not so good, and 
sometimes like things just all <laughs> they're like all right you know for a few for a few months a few weeks it's just like yeah like there's some really good stuff coming out and I really appreciate it and want to see it do well and um I don't know if you guys are like that but it's like I guess if you have if like new music comes out from your favorite artists or like a new book or something like you just really latch on to it because it's kind of hard to come by so um we're gonna jump into another song right now I'm kind of on this jazz kick recently and um I discovered a few playlists online and they kind of went throughout each decade and picked some like Halloween songs so I was listening to them like nonstop, and I found this one this is by Francis Langford I hope I'm saying that right and um it's a really sweeping classic song and it's called Haunted Heart enjoy <laughs> Thank you. 
All right, that was Francis Langford with Haunted Heart. Very beautiful, very sweet. Um, yeah, I've been getting in, into a lot of like vintage, um, I don't know if that's the right word, just kind of more classic films um, and music recently. It's been really nice, especially like this jazz kind of era um, from the like 30s and 40s. So I actually at the same theater at the Heights Theater, I saw um, Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte with Betty Davis. Oh, so amazing. I just realized like the whole feud between Joan Crawford and Betty Davis and I'm like enthralled by it. It's so interesting to me. I'm (laughs) I can't get over it. Um, but yeah, there's so many cool things. Like I'm thinking of Halloween films that I can recommend. Um, let's see. I married a witch. I saw that recently with Veronica Lake. You know, she was that old Hollywood starlet with like super long blonde hair that wasn't really, you know, normal at the time. And the, in the 30s and 40s especially like during the war era in the united states a lot of the women were like encouraged to like cut their hair short so it wouldn't get caught when they were like working in factories and it's so really it's so interesting but she was like the og i mean there there are always like starlets that kind of like stick out as like i don't know like sex symbols or really notable actresses or stuff like that and she was definitely one of them and that was all before you know Marilyn Monroe and Audrey Hepburn and all that stuff so that was a really cute film if you haven't seen it um so yeah what else I did have a comment that I wanted to spend a little bit of time on um it was actually a message on Instagram um I'm totally gonna butcher this but Karch Cademon Cademan I'm not sure said hey Lauren I found your podcast a few days ago and I haven't stopped listening it's seriously so relaxing and you've introduced me to a lot or sorry a bunch of new stuff I didn't really know about I watched The Virgin Suicides and I really enjoyed it. That soundtrack is like transcendent in a way. I just wanted to thank you for doing the podcast and providing good vibes. I'm going to try to watch the Teen Apocalypse Trilogy. (laughs) Sorry, I can't read. My screen is like shattered and sorry. Soon if I can find it. Okay. (laughs) I was also wondering about your opinion on the boys in The Virgin Suicides. Their fascination with the girls irked me a little bit, especially when they stole Cecilia's diary and other stuff. Um, I might just be overanalyzing, but I thought it was kind of weird and sort of disrespectful um, to steal her diary. I wasn't as creeped out by them playing songs over the phone. I really loved that entire sequence and found it endearing. But that just seemed really gross to go through their things after they had all passed away. I know they wanted to figure out the girls' reasons, but why not just speculate without rummaging through the Lisbon's girls' personal items? I kind of sound like I hate this movie, but I sincerely really enjoyed it. That just creeped me out a bit. Thoughts? You can answer this um, on the podcast if you want, unless you already did and I haven't listened to that episode yet. I don't think I've ever talked about this. Maybe I have. Um, 
it's not the first time I've actually gotten a question or like, you know, people talk to me about that because it's funny. Um, I don't know if you've read the book before that it, the movie was based on, but my my friend Lucy, who's been on the podcast before, she read the book and found it, you know, she didn't like the style of writing. And I think I remember her saying that it kind of felt a little pervy and just kind of weird, um, given like the author and stuff. And I totally agree. Um, the book especially is, is way more graphic, I would say. Um, the thing that I enjoyed about Sophie Coppola's take on the film was it was from, it was from a boy's perspective, but curated and directed by a woman. And, um, that isn't to say that like women are absolved from, I don't know, objectivity of other women, you know, that's kind of especially in film like that's kind of how we always see ourselves um but for some reason like her touch on it made it seem less creepy more interesting and perplexing but also yeah it did have that like sense of taboo that sense of voyeurism that um you know you kind of want to like cringe at a little bit sometimes and um I think when I would see the Lisbon sisters in that film it kind of gave me this like sense of longing that I remember when I was kind of an adolescent because men are always kind of looking at you once you reach like a certain age it's like a day passes and then boom like you're in a whole different world you know and I kind of miss that that innocence of what it used to be you know when that kind of age when guys aren't looking at you really and they kind of think that you have cooties or something and you are the one who are like who's fantasizing about them and I feel like that's kind of you know what's happening like with them with the boys it kind of you know they joke around it like they do have like sexual feelings but it's more of this like innocent um like just pure love for these girls that they don't know anything about pure like fascination and I think there's something like special and perplexing about that and I don't know it isn't so complicated even though it's not really explainable (laughs) if that makes any sense too um yeah I think the other thing about that is you know in the film in the book it's almost even more interesting because like the people in the neighborhood like the families and everything they don't want to have anything to do with the suicides or the circumstances involving you know the parenting of the girls because it's very much like a suburban way of life to just kind of keep your nose out of other people's businesses and so to see like these these boys kind of take this initiative into trying to find out and trying to connect with you know like you said you like that scene with the the record player and stuff you know to see them really go after something instead of kind of turning away just adds you know to the mystery and to the drama of the situation which I really like too I do think it's like troublesome and voyeuristic and selfish in a way um I think like I said before the thing that hits me the most is like it's a very like charged time in adolescence and and they'll never know all the details and I think like that little break in the in the plot 
and in the, the life like they those boys are forever going to be like haunted by like those sights of seeing the girls and stuff like that is a very interesting part to me so and there's also stuff to be said about you know what we leave behind um i used to i wrote like a blog post a very long time ago i think it was on stillness and it was all these screen caps and kind of musings about films that depict stillness and you know when there's tragedy and the domestic space you know what do we leave behind you know like her parents or the lesbian girl's parents left behind all of these photographs and that just seems like absurd but like when all of your children commit suicide you can't really I mean I don't know what it's like but I don't think you could bear to have any possessions of theirs anymore because they they won't be there and hoarding on to it is just too much and then you have all that shame of the parents so yeah I don't know it's so interesting to me I feel like there's just a lot of areas that you can explore and I think that's why we all kind of enjoy the film or at least most of us enjoy the film because there are a lot of nuances that you can kind of dive into so yeah that's my little spiel on that but thank you so much for your question and I really like these guys so um, keep on sending in your stuff your comments suggestions all that stuff so yeah Ooh. well I'm gonna get going but I did want to play a soundtrack piece for y'all um, which I don't well yeah so we did Twin Peaks last year um, but there's this film called Children of the Corn based off the Stephen King novel and I think it was made in the mid 80s and it got terrible reviews like everybody hated it but it's one of my favorite horror films because it's so it's very like midwestern um it's about two young people driving in the middle of the nowhere in these cornfields and they stumble upon this abandoned town and it turns out that the kids there have taken over and killed all of the adults and um it's very creepy and I love the score to it so this is the main title from Children of the Corn and um, you know I hope you guys have a happy Halloween I hope you stay safe and um, don't let it die you know keep the spookiness throughout the year let's do it so love y'all thank you for supporting as usual and uh, have a good night Thank you.